Musical Theater Writer Guy was written and filmed as a YouTube channel series on the traditional and unceded territory of the Muncie Lenape and Canarsie people. Each episode is also released here in podcast form. To learn how you can work with me or to join the Musical Theater Writing Collective, please find out more at michaelraddy.com. That's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-R-A-D-I dot com. Enjoy the show. Got a melody, lyrics, and maybe even a chord progression. But how the heck do you take all of that and turn it into an actual musical composition? Here are the only three major considerations you need in order to begin composing the accompaniment to your musical theater songs. Number one, the movement. Movement encompasses the rhythm scheme, the flow of the melody and counter melody, transitions, and vamps. For our rhythm scheme example, we'll look at Getting Married Today from Company a go-to example of mine. Now Sondheim, as she is spouting out all of these lyrics, could have just chorded this out. Pardon me, is everybody there? Because if everybody's there, I want to think over. But that doesn't sound quite as frantic. It doesn't sound like we're matching the tone of what the movement of the lyric is doing. So, he adds this in. One of my favorite ways to add movement into the music itself is to utilize the melody and write something that's either some sort of counter melody or a complementary melody that's in the instrumental itself. A great example of this is Waiting for My Dearie from Brigadoon. You have this initial spot where the accompaniment's playing along with her melody. Waiting for my dearie. But then we have these little moments in between her melody where the instrumental carries its own little melody along. And happy am I to hold my heart till he comes strolling by. And so that gets threaded through the entire song and that has its own development in addition to her sung melody. Now one of the more difficult things to do is make good transitions happen when you're writing a piece of music. Because you're going to have multiple sections, whether that's the little mini 8 bar sections of a 32 bar chorus or we're moving from verse material into actual song material, you have to make a transition happen. And we want it to feel less like we suddenly shifted gears and more like it's a smooth transition. A great example of this is when we move out of the verse of On My Own into the song proper. Eponine is spouting out a lot of words here while there's some busy accompaniment happening as well. We have, I think of him and then I'm happy with the company I'm keeping. The city goes to bed and I can live in Now her melody, it's going to drop out for a second and then slow down, but the pacing will be kept in the accompaniment. My head. We still get the 16th note patterns here, but she's gonna sing. On my own, pretending he's beside me. It's a lovely transition that takes us out of the more frantic pattering as she's running through the streets to just the light patter of the rain as it hits the pavement and she begins walking through contemplating. The last bit about movement would be vamps. Vamps are so very prevalent in musical theater because sometimes we just need to hold space for a little bit and not change the tone while things happen before we get to move on. A song that does this masterfully is the third Joanna from Sweeney Todd. This is the vamp. It's also the music underneath the majority of the song. Da, 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 da. 
a lot of other stuff happens over top of that as well that doesn't quite fit with what that music is doing. So after we finish a section, we sit here and we wait for the next thing to happen. Maybe Love It and Sweeney are talking, and then Sweeney gets to cut more throats, and he sings again. La, da, 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 da. So how can you hold space in the music itself while we are waiting for the next thing to happen? That's what a vamp is for. Big idea number two is musical development. Development can cover the addition of notes, yes, absolutely, but also the subtraction of notes and varying degrees of complexity, and also expression with things like dynamics. For an example of note addition to create development, I'm gonna use an example from the King's Legacy, Henry's song Legacy, which has this. This is how his first A starts. A man is made of flesh and bone. But after he sings an entire A, we get a little more of something the next time around. A man is given but one chance. And then the last time, when the idea is a lot more secure in his brain, we get even more. A man can choose to be a fool. So you can add more notes to show that something is happening, something is changing, and give a little bit of that subtext. One of my favorite examples of note subtraction to show development that something is changing is a fine, fine line from Avenue Q. In our second A section here, this is where we get the busiest accompaniment. We have, there's a fine, fine line between a fairy tale and a lie. And there's a fine, fine line between your wonderful and goodbye. By the time we get around to the last section, after the big mu musical interlude, this is what we get for the last one. There's a fine, fine line between together and not. That lack of notes, that lack of movement, tells us so much about her mental state in that moment. And it's so good. A great example of using dynamics and expression for development and growth throughout a piece, in my opinion, is the cell block tango from Chicago. Now this is a song that's very dynamic to begin with. We have these quiet moments underneath the stories, then we have these really big moments where they're all singing together. But all of it comes to a head after we sing the chorus multiple times, getting to that last section. Dirty bum 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 The dirty bum 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 He had it coming. He had it coming. But it's not just the the size of the dynamics in the accompaniment itself and the vocals, it's the fact that we've got that rising action because that's an addition of a voice each time. And then when we get to this chorus, it is staggered. We have half of the girls singing one thing and half doing an echo. They had it come, they had it come, they had it come. And then it gets even bigger. We've got this key change here at the end. And it just feels so good. That growth over the six and a half, seven minutes of that song is killer. And as an example of changing complexity to show a development, I want to use an example of Astonishing from Little Women. We have this very, very busy verse section, and the transition into the main part of the song is really quite spectacular. All I need, all I need is my sisters here. If I can share my dreams, what were they for? I thought our promise meant that we would never change and never part. I thought together we'd amaze the world. How can I live my dreams or even start when everything has come apart? 
was all from that all of that movement and the volume and the complexity both in her melody and also what the instrumental is doing as it slows itself with this pattern here the da, 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 which lands so well on those half notes transitioning us into the whole notes when everything feels calm. If you're enjoying this deep dive into the music side of things, we have lots of similar discussions and we do live feedback sessions in the musical theater writing community, the online community hub. So if that's of interest to you, you can check that out in the description below. And big idea number three, color. Now the idea of musical color encompasses things like registration, orchestration, tonality additions, modulations. As an example of using registration to create a flow to the music and a build and tell story, I'm gonna use an example from The King's Legacy. It's a song called I See. It's sung by Catherine of Aragon, and it starts with this very light feeling. Daily I sit and observe. It all feels a little delicate in that first A section. So after we get that second A, we now have Ladies who want something more. We're just adding a bass line here. And it's still in the middle register. It's not too low. But after our B section, which takes us down to something a bit crunchier and lower, we get our last A section. Lightly I kneel and I pray, hoping to God. That low bass here really gives us a sense of groundedness, but because the instrumental is spread out so much across the registers, something feels just not quite right. Feels unsettled, which is how she's feeling in the moment. To give a demonstration of how modulation can create some extra storytelling color here, we could obviously pull from a lot of moments of musical theater key change where it's just a ramp up excitement, but I want to choose something a little bit different. So there's a moment in Waving Through a Window, and I'm sure we are all familiar with it at this point, but there's a, a moment that where Evan is feeling particularly desperate, and it comes through in the music with a silence and a quick modulation. Did I even make a sound? It's like I never made a sound. Will I ever make a sound? On the outside, always We just are going up a half step, but because of the silence and the sudden modulation, out of absolutely nowhere, we get a sense of his desperate moment. Now, sometimes we've written something that's got uh, such a good sense of itself and its tonality, and we're very comfortable with it, and we want to mess up that comfort just a little bit, because maybe there's something a little bit off here, or you want to give a sense of danger of some sort, and you can just add tonalities into the song that are not available in the scale that you chose. A great example of this is in the first Joanna, because we have this lovely, ah, very comfortable E flat with that too, with the F, right? But then, when we get to the little middle section here, I was half convinced I'd wake, and that's very normal and tonal. And then, satisfied enough to dream you. That's a little funky. It gives a sense that there might be something a little weird here going on with Anthony, perhaps, or with the situation on the whole. Now, unfortunately for an orchestration example, I cannot suddenly become a full orchestra. I really wish I could. But I'm going to use an example here from Natasha Pierre in the Great Comet of 1812 again. This song is Dust and Ashes. It is sung by Pierre, and it starts with just piano on stage. So simple. Even when the vocal comes in, it's still this. Is this how I die? 
ridiculed and laughed at wearing clown shoes. Oh. The simplicity of that is almost haunting. And then we don't get a sense of anything bigger and more until a little bit of orchestration starts at the beginning of the next section. I, again, I am not an orchestra, but you can get a little bit more of a sense of fullness here anyway, just in the piano. Is this how I die? Frightened like a child, lazy and numb. There's more that gets added the further along we go, until eventually we actually strip all of the orchestration away and go to a pure acapella vocal arrangement for just a moment. And then the orchestra comes back in. And that build and pull away and then finale tells such a good story and all it's doing is using the addition and subtraction of instruments. And all three of these major considerations go to the big idea of show don't tell, which is paramount when you're writing musical theater. And you can learn more about that idea by watching this video next. Otherwise, thank you all for being here with me today, and I'll see you again soon. Cheers! Thank you for listening to Musical Theater Writer Guy, available wherever you get your podcasts. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to rate and review this show as it really helps others to discover what you already know. And please do share this show far and wide so we may all become an even closer musical theater community.